Welcome, everybody, to Bucky's Fifth Podcast, Memorial Day Weekend Edition. This is Jake Kokorowski. We got Owen Reese on the line. Happy Friday. We'll get this up later tonight, and you'll hear this. Uh, you'll see it on the site tomorrow morning, too. So really happy to have you guys with us. It's, uh, we thought it'd be a busier week, to say the least, but it has not been so far uh, for Wisconsin Badgers news. Uh, I think you guys all know that we're what we're referring to. We'll get to that in a little bit, but... Um, Owen, man, kind of a, I don't know, right now we're NFL drafts done. Spring football's done. Uh, we're, we're waiting for obviously big 10 media days in July. And of course there's, there'll be tons of recruiting news in July and June, but uh, yeah, man, we're, we're kind of in our off season now. Yeah, it is a bit slow, uh, kind of a dead time. And, and I'll uh, address this ahead of time. I apologize for my voice. Uh, this is my flu game podcast, uh, currently getting punched in the face by allergies now that it's maybe deciding it wants to be spring or summer, perhaps. Uh, so that's why I sound like crap. So I just want to get that out in front of that. But um, yeah, for sure. It's kind of an awkward time for content as well. Uh, like like you mentioned earlier, we're kind of hearing things and you're waiting and, and hoping things happen just so we have something to talk about. But hopefully we can uh, recap everything that's happened uh, Badger related over the past few weeks and, and uh, keep you guys informed. Right, and let's let's talk about that real quick. Uh, first off, big shout out to the Wisconsin softball team that gave number one overall seed Oklahoma run for its money. Obviously, defeating the Sooners in the first game of their series on Sunday, and then on top of that, then uh, obviously they fell in the second game later that night. But uh, quite the run for Badger softball. You heard Kayla Conwent as well, Big Ten Player of the Year. You had also uh, Taylor Johnson being a first team all conference selection. Uh, there's a, the future is really bright with uh, Wisconsin softball, I think. And Conwin's coming back. Taylor Johnson's coming back. Caitlin Menz, I believe is also, who's a pitcher who pitched the majority of those games, if not all the games uh, down in the Norman regional, really impressive to see them step up. And, and I mean, they broke, what was a 41 game winning streak. So that's pretty yeah, that's yeah, impressive. Oklahoma, Oklahoma had won 41 straight games. And I believe they were 51 and, Three after Wisconsin defeated them. Uh, so I mean, they, obviously they were ten and two uh, or ten and one. They lost a game and then they didn't lose again until they were fifty-one and two. Um, so certainly an accomplishment and something for the the Badger ba- softball team to to hold their heads high and something to build on for the future. And thank you guys for reading our articles too. We're going to try to incorporate that more uh, with obviously new site manager Drew Hom, uh, and obviously it's it's great to see. I think the biggest thing I'm, I'm excited about too with our site Owen is, is the fact that people really enjoy the non-revenue sports uh, you know women's hockey obviously is the big one and that'll continue just with the streak it's had underneath Mark Johnson and obviously being national title winners this past season but you know there I, I really like just uh, you know even soccer we've had soccer in the past we've had volleyball is huge and i mean you have women's hockey and then volleyball right after that in terms of popularity and and domination really and success with those two programs and i think softball is getting up there uh and you if you guys go to bucky's fifth quarter too make sure you guys check out you know we have a couple of questions like we've had with our roundtable discussions the past week 
we ask and, and give us your thoughts too on that. What do you guys in terms of, you know, which programs you think are in the best position to succeed next season? And then also like, where do you see Wisconsin athletics in five years? Uh, I don't think there's going to be a baseball program. So I'm going to probably squash that right now, uh, as long as Barry Alvarez uh, athletic director is still athletic director. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really good to see, just how this group is, you know, to see how the program, you know, is really thriving. And, and it was a three straight NCAA tournament berths for the Badger softball squad. Uh, and maybe going real quick on to, uh, before we talk football and some Badgers training down in Florida, you know, with volleyball, you know, junior Dana Retke is off to Bulgaria. She's going to be part of the U S net women's national team. That'll compete uh, for the FIVB volleyball national uh, nations league. Um, she's, one of 14 players and uh, Lauren Carlini is also in that too. Obviously the former uh, dominant Badger too. Um, so, I mean, you have some Badgers competing overseas now and, you know, Rutke's six, eight and uh, she was named to the, uh, I'm just reading this from the U- uh, Wisconsin press release. That was a couple days ago. You know, she's named to the U S national team, 25 player roster uh, back on the 13th. So and she's a two team, uh, two time first team, all American uh, another big honor for a Badger, and if we're talking non-revenue sports, I mean, volleyball has really uh, been impressive. Absolutely, uh, for sure. I think basketball and football generally take the uh, the spotlight for the most part, but uh, certainly uh, the Wisconsin fan base, a loyal one, and and one that enjoys to see success no matter what avenue uh, goes down. And certainly when you get some of these standout players, like you mentioned, like Lauren Carlini, uh, like Dana Redke, um, you know, like we've seen in softball here recently as well, it's Everyone loves to see the Badgers succeed. It's not always the conventional uh, football, basketball, but for sure, uh, especially on our site, we seem to have a very nice, healthy community of of uh, readers that that enjoy those non-revenue sports. So hopefully we'll be able to keep that up. Uh, Bob does a great job with those. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Bob Wheaton, big shout out to Bob Wheatonhoft. And then also, I mean, uh, a guy like John uh, Bidelcheese, uh, who's been really, especially the past two years, really – striving to bring more volleyball coverage he's covered matches but he lives in illinois so you know he's been able to cover whenever wisconsin goes down to cover uh not to cover but to play illinois so he's he he knows with this you know how you know how to cover the team and and whatnot when we hope to again deliver some great coverage there and and go from uh go especially this next season coming up and uh what's going forward we'll see what's ahead uh, in that yeah, in that aspect. So, um, also with that, um, we are we're talking. Um, really, we're still waiting to hear back. Uh, let's, before we even talk Badger football, let's talk about because uh, we'll talk two football topics real, uh, and then uh, we'll head into some Memorial Day, some fun stuff, some uh, just odds and ends, and we'll talk some of our favorite food because it is more Memorial Day weekend, and you better have your grill out, especially with some nice weather here in Wisconsin. I think finally, uh, it's, maybe not today. But uh, are you doing anything big for Memorial Day, by the way? Uh, going to check out. I'm uh, going to go to Jefferson Speedway on Saturday. The Arkham Midwest Tour will be there. Uh, I'm going to come back home on Sunday uh, and watch the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, and then on Monday, go help uh, a friend of mine who races locally, uh, short track stuff as well. So uh, Memorial Day weekend is always a big racing weekend for me. Uh, for those unfamiliar, I, I do that quite a bit. I tweet about it quite a bit during the summer as well. So um yeah, just a lot of that and, and eating some good food and hopefully enjoying some some sunshine and nice weather. You're our rookie, Bobby. I want to go fast. That's so, right. Go fast and turn left. <laughs> um, with that, uh, you know, uh, talking real quick basketball, 
Oh, there is no new news. Uh, and I don't, I, right now, I don't even know if there's a timeline as to when we should know. You've seen reports from Jeff Petrika saying Wisconsin was a likely destination. Um, and it could be sometime in the, likely in the next week. Uh, that was last week. We have not heard anything yet. You, you know, we, we've heard other reports. If you guys are on paywall for badgerblitz.com, if you've seen uh, Badger 24 7 with, with John McNamara and Evan Flood, uh, respectively, um, you know, you, we, you've seen some stuff. It, you know, it, it, right now I'd say the fans just don't worry about it. Um, I was joking with our former writer, Kurt Hogue, and if people are biblical at all, like Ecclesiastes, I, I made a joke, just kind of one of the meanings is like everything is meaningless. Uh, and so I was going to refer to that with Wisconsin recruiting, just, you know, everything's meaningless. Just go about and, and just take care, enjoy your barbecue and not be on your message boards all weekend trying to figure out when this team, you know, if this program receives good news which I mean, again, you're hearing reports that there are good, that, you know, there should be good news, but uh, really interesting. And we'll see if Wisconsin gets the Hauser brothers, but for now, I'm just going to say, enjoy the weekend. I know I'm going to, I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, and I got a lot of grilling to do and I got a lot of DIY stuff around the house to take care of as well. No doubt. Uh, did not anticipate the debut of the Nihilist B5Q account, but here we are. Everything is meaningless. Um, <laughs> and, and we're here um but yeah for sure some exciting um trivial i guess maybe but some exciting stuff for some badgers down in down in south florida um saw uh, on melvin gordon uh among others has, has posted videos on instagram and stuff uh, a couple current badgers and a couple former badgers down there jay right yeah you saw garrett groshek jonathan i mean and jonathan taylor you saw uh yeah melvin gordon uh retweeted it yeah or retweeted one of my retweets which was weird not as a humble brag or anything like that. It was just kind of weird. Like, Oh, he retweeted. It. I just said former, former and current Badgers in this video. It was Melvin Gordon. You saw Jonathan Taylor, Garrett Groshek, um, some former names uh, that you haven't heard from in a couple of years. Sojourn Shelton, who's had a couple of tea uh, with practice squads in the NFL, uh, Austin trailer, who we spoke with uh, as well. I mean, he's had a couple of videos too. So I don't know. I don't know if I saw a trailer in the last video that he had, but I know he was in one uh, maybe a week ago that Zach Halprin called out. So really this, you know, like, so you're seeing some badgers getting together and, and putting in work. And I, I think that's really interesting to see, in my opinion, just how uh, one, I mean, there's always going to be that Wisconsin connection between alums and, and current players and trying to give back. I think that's the way the program's set up with the culture. Uh, and, and so, it, I mean, and we won't be able to talk. I, I reached out to Wisconsin actually to, see if they, you know, Groshek and Taylor would be available to talk and they won't be available until fall camp, fall camp, which will be in August sometime. So, um, but I'm going to ask them about it and just how it went. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they, you know, yeah, how they benefit from that. And I mean, coming up in a couple few weeks, I mean, you're going to have summer conditioning startup, uh, I think in the, maybe mid June. So that'll be something to watch too, when it comes to how the team uh, roles there uh, and, and just, you know, how, how those improvements with those players stand out. I think Groshek has a lot to gain when it comes to, you know, I, th I think he played very well during the spring and, and he showed, you know, some versatility out of the backfield catching the ball, but also just taking, I, th I thought he looked more like a leader in my opinion. And, but you know, and, and there are a couple of reps here and there that, you know, there are players that couldn't sub in. So he'd be working with like a third team or the reserves, but he'd be taking the ball and handing off and, and running. And I thought even with Jonathan Taylor, not getting a lot of reps, he, he showed up there. So 
I mean, not to spoil too much, but I think he's going to be, uh, I still think he's going to be a down and distant type back, but in terms of like second and long, third and long type backs or personnel like that. But I really feel too that, I mean, he's got ability to do more. So, and I think going down to South Florida and training with the likes of Melvin Gordon and, and other Badgers that have had tastes of the NFL, it can only help him. No doubt. And it should certainly help on the recruiting trail as well, you know, for, for kids that follow these guys. Uh, you know, that's not something that's out of out of the realm to go train with with uh, current NFL stars, you know, that, that played at Wisconsin. You know, we hear every year during the draft cycle, we always hear, uh, you know, this year with, with TJ Edwards and, and Ryan Conley, you talk about, yeah, they reach out to Jack Sitchie, they reach out to Joe Schobert, you know, Vince Beagle, those guys that have been in the NBA or in the NFL uh, and recently experienced these things that they're they're experiencing with the all-star games and, and the pre-draft process. So certainly a benefit uh, to those kids and, and, and a, an invaluable resource. You know, you can hear stuff from coaches and, and friends and stuff and agents and whatever all you want, but uh, until you hear it from a peer and someone who's experienced it, that's uh, it's a pretty valuable thing and a, a, a nice asset for the Badger program to have uh, in recruiting uh, as well as, as for their current players. Exactly. And, and kind of talking about, you know, Wisconsin recruiting – Good segue here. You know, I wanted to edit this comment a little late because I wanted to get your thoughts. You've 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 made some of your points up on social media too, so I think that's interesting. PJ Fleck and it became kind of a big story yesterday, for sure. When it came to he made a stop. It was for and this is out of the Star Tribune, and you can thank Megan Ryan who posted this, basically talking about. There's a coach's caravan with looks like a bunch of Minnesota coaches. We're, we're talking in a, in a place called Delwood. And, you know, I'm going to read this verbatim from what Megan wrote. It says, I have a rule. You commit to me. You can't go see another place, Flex said. Not because I'm insecure, but if you want to be committed, you're going to be committed. Too many people teach young people to be committed, but also one foot in and one foot out. You've got to be all in. Or as Fleck termed it, we have a problem in our society. We don't have a problem in our program. That is interesting. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I think a lot of people have turned on that too. I don't even know if I need to lay out all the arguments, but you've seen the reports about, I mean, he signs an extension. The one tweet had an extension about him signing a six. Yeah. Basically signing a six year extension with Western Michigan. And then he flies out to Minnesota and takes a bunch of recruits with him. Um, there, you know, you see it all the time with coaches. Well, coaches decommit too. And, you know, and so I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I mean, you've, you've been in the, the college recruiting aspect. You were a former division three player at Carroll university. Uh, what, what are your thoughts uh, on him? And, and just, uh, is it one of those things where obviously he's in a, a kind of a public or kind of more, almost a private setting with this coach's caravan where or maybe it's more, you rah rah type atmosphere. I mean, I think that's one thing to take into account. And so, yeah, and, you know what I, mean? And, I, I mean, I guess there's there's a couple different things here. Um, I think that, like anything, uh, the majority of the people probably didn't read the article and they got the quote uh, and they they retweeted it or whatever, and and that's fine. I think, um, you know, there's a there's a, a phrase, you know, there's multiple ways to skin a cat, and I think that that's the Kind of what you're seeing here. Uh, PJ Fleck has been a very successful recruiter uh, throughout both his time at Western Michigan and at Minnesota. Uh, he does things quite a bit differently than how Wisconsin does, uh, and obviously yeah. he's reportedly right. And he's 
a um he can he's very upbeat he's very energetic but he can also i think probably come off as a bit abrasive um and he coaches at minnesota so for a wisconsin fan base it's very easy there's quite a bit of ammunition there uh for any reasons that you if you already don't like fleck or you don't have a, a good taste in your mouth about him or you don't want to like him uh whatever the case may be uh and, and to an extent i understand his sentiment um you know i think there's you know, a few different people uh, tweeted at me, well, he decommitted too. Well, yes and no. Um, you know, it, they say, yeah, well, he got a better offer and left. And while that's right, I think that's a bit apples to oranges. Um, you know, you get there, you have one recruiting process. And, and that's, uh, you know, I, I, I played division three. That's certainly no real comparison to what these kids go through nowadays. But I mean, if, like I said, I kind of get it. I mean, if you're committed, then either – and you're still looking elsewhere, then either, well, you probably committed too early uh, or, you know, and it's I think it's a natural thing. I don't think these kids should be villainized for continuing to look, but I can certainly understand why a college football coach uh, who spends a lot of time in recruiting, uh, you know, and I don't think they, they're personally against the kids either, but – if they get a commitment from a kid, they're moving on to the next one because in their mind, well, yeah, he's committed. He's coming here. He's bought into the University of Minnesota and he's coming to play football here. And, you know, we've sold him on both the school and our, our coaching staff and the university and our football team and everything is cool. I think it's probably a, a pretty tough as a coach to, you know, I if, if a kid starts to blow up, I don't, they're not stupid. You know, they're, they see that. Uh, but I think it's just one of those things where – it's it's probably what a coach is supposed to say because I think very openly if a coach is like, yeah, well, I mean, if a kid gets a better offer, right. that's cool. Like, I don't blame him at all. That's a tough sell to the kids in the program because or, or the kids moving forward because then that shows some type of lack of conviction in the kid to P.J. Fleck. And I know Fleck is very much a relationship guy or at least it's what he – in his press conferences, he's very open. It's a family at Minnesota. You know, everything is together. And in a family, when things go wrong – or when there's division, it tends to be a bit personal at times. And it doesn't surprise me at all. Or it doesn't for PJ Fleck to have that view. doesn't, I was not surprised in the slightest. Um, and, and I completely get it. Uh, but at the same point, and this is all reportedly, none of us have been recruited by PJ Fleck, but um, it's, it's very easy to see from the outside. And I kind of use this analogy. He's the high pressure used car salesman. He's the guy that um, it's been reported. He's, Pressures kids for early a, commitments. Report or has it just been um, you know, rumors? Very, I, I or is it rumblings? Yeah, r- sure. I it's certainly not. Yes, yeah, yes. There you go. There's been talk, scuttlebutt, if you will, that PJ Fleck uh, pushes kids to commit early, um, or at least has you know is is a uh, persistent and um, forward recruiter. I think and. Wisconsin, at least to the public, is a bit different. Um, you know, I, I kind of use that. Um, you know, Paul Christ is like I use the analogy from those familiar with Drake and Josh. Um, you know, and when his mom's like, "Yeah, well, compliment." If you want the girl to like you or to talk to you, you just compliment her and then walk away. You know, make them follow you, and that's what Christ's thing. And in a lot of interviews, if you read and, and interviews behind or articles behind paywalls, you know, it's a lot of, yeah, well, Wisconsin, they really like me, but they want to make sure that I go everywhere I want to go to make sure that I'm making the right decision and I'm having in the right fit. 
And I think for a Badger fan base, uh, or, or the, I guess the, the large, largely public view of the college football landscape at this time, uh, that's a easier thing to get behind than Fleck, um, you know, being a bit more persistent or a bit more adamant rumor or supposedly, you know, that, that, that the kids there, once you're committed, you're committed. Like you don't need to look anywhere else because you committed here. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it's also important to note too, that like PJ Fleck has been places that are like fairly decommittable. And I mean, that as no slight to Minnesota or Western Michigan, but for example, TJ Edwards, uh, was committed to Western Michigan, mm-hmm. was committed to PJ Fleck at Western Michigan and eventually got an offer from Wisconsin and took that offer and ended up at Wisconsin. So he decommitted from Western Michigan. Um, you know, I, I get that. It's it would be a hard sell for me to to look at a kid and say your opportunity at Western Michigan is more valuable than your opportunity at Wisconsin. And kind of the same thing at Minnesota. I mean, certainly Minnesota's a, a bigger program, um, you know, but within the Big Ten conference, you know, much less the Division One landscape as a whole, I don't think it's a huge stretch to say that uh Wisconsin, Michigan, uh Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa even, or maybe Michigan State are are all quote unquote more desirable or higher profile programs in Minnesota. So Fleck is going to do his best to get the kids that maybe had currently or previously decommitted from Minnesota to stay there or to go there. Um, you know, so it's like I said, I think like most things in life and most things on Twitter, uh they require a lot more context than what's available in two hundred and forty characters. Um, uh, you know, but I I guess to sum up and get off my soapbox, I very much understand his point, and, and I don't know if he's a hundred percent wrong. But at the same point, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't think it's on the kids either. Like, imagine a fifteen-year-old or sixteen-year-old changing his mind or changing a, a big decision. You know, it's it, luckily, you know, I was never fifteen to eighteen years old, but certainly, uh, you know, there's no, there's a lot of flip-flopping. You know, it's. It's a, a developmental part in your life, and you're making life-changing decisions at 16 to 17 years old based off of where you want to play football, really, you know, and and that's a, it's a big weight, and it's a lot of pressure on these kids, and Graham Mertz talked about that, you know, the, the volume of texts and calls he would get daily from, you know, these college coaches and, and you know, social media being ever-present and all that. So to surmise it, I get his point. I don't know if he's necessarily right, but I don't think he's necessarily wrong either. Uh, and it's certainly a lot of public ammunition for anybody that doesn't want to like PJ Fleck or wants to bash Minnesota or PJ Fleck or college coaches in general. Right. And um, I, think, I think that's I think probably all there. I mean, there's just a lot of nuance there. And it also, I mean, with Wisconsin and just how they operate, I mean, you know, in terms of allowing kids to go, I mean, the, in terms of locking down, like we don't know exactly in terms of just how well, how much they operate as well. It's something that I need to get better at in terms of learning their recruiting processes, you know, really. Um, But, you know, when it comes to, you know, visiting schools, it's, you know, like you don't really see a lot of, uh, you don't see a lot in my opinion, like just outside looking in. I mean, you saw Graham Mertz, maybe if he's going to, you know, and he, he talked about it too. You know, you saw the reports, he, he went to, Georgia check out the campus in Athens, but then, you know, but it's an unofficial visit. He's not going officially, but he lets the, the, he let the coaching staff know ahead of time. You know, every time there was an offer, 
Well, and he was also there for like he was right. there for camps too. Ohio State, right. the same thing. They were there for camps. He didn't go to Athens to visit the right. school right. unofficially. Was, yeah, yeah. He you went know, there because um, he was at he's at a rivals three star camp, or he went to the opening right. or the Elite right. Eleven competition, stuff like that. Um, Jake Ferguson, for that matter, took an official to Nebraska. Why? Because his dad played at Nebraska, and his so did his grandfather. Uh, you know, and so, I mean, each situation I think is a little different. I don't know exactly what Wisconsin does if they lock that down too, saying if you're committed, you're committed. But I also haven't seen really a lot of other players go places. You know, you haven't seen the only, know. the only one really that, that sticks out, I think is probably Ben Bryant. Right. Yeah. Where he did. Yeah. Decommitted. Yeah. And that, that was the class of 2017 quarterback who obviously both Ben Bryant and Chase Wolf were on the roster. Uh, Wolf came on and boy, am I right with that? Or did he, I'm not sure. Okay. I'll have to check back on that. My notes there. I don't, maybe my memory is off, but with, with the, you know, Ben Bryant, obviously there was a decommitment and he had to tell his side of the story in Wisconsin and in their defense too, they couldn't, they, you know, they can't essentially it's a violation if they talk. When it comes to uh, until na- after national signing day, when it really no, becomes no longer a question or a pressing matter, you know, and, and you, know, you only have a limited amount of time with Paul Christ or other coaches. So you're not going to you may not use your time to circle back on Ben Bryant being like what actually happened, you know, so um, re- regardless, though, it, you know, it's a uh, recruiting. It's interesting. And I mean, on top of that, too, uh, I think an interesting factor is to look into how many players Minnesota's actually offered on that note. You know what I'm saying? Where uh, it, yeah. it is, I don't have the yep. numbers in yep. front of me, but it is something where, uh, you know, you're looking and it, it really is. I mean, that's another thing too, where I know you also like, and I've heard sometimes too, where recruits, you have to really, sometimes you have to just offer just to get them on campus. I've heard like rumblings about that. Um, right now I'm seeing, according, this is, uh, according to one recruiting website, 244, uh, offers for the class of 2019 or no class of 2020. I'm sorry. Uh, and then let's take a look at 2000, the class of 2019, they had 305 offers. That's according to 24, seven sports. And then let me just see if I can check the offer slate for Wisconsin. On that note, um, I think it's pretty significantly less. I think for the the 2020 class, I know Nebraska had already offered like over 300 kids, uh, and Wisconsin was at like 100. It was like 130 less, I believe, um, guys. But uh, I think it's it's an interesting thing too because everyone's all for these kids making the right decision and everything else. But at the same point, uh, you know, it's it's tough for the the schools to kind of be held captive by, by a student athlete, you know, I mean, it's a certain point where at what point do we know you're coming before signing day? And I think that's the, the popular thing. It's like, yeah, well, kids should be able to come and go as they please. It's kind of tough to plan to run a football program that way. So I think they're like, it's another thing where I think it probably requires a bit more context than, than what most people give it. Um, but, but certainly a, uh, polarizing and, and interest, intriguing uh, Absolutely. dynamic nonetheless. So, um, I think it was the one Rivals. Um, Blair Sanderson uh, from Rivals covers the beat on – he covers the beat for, for Iowa, but he does a lot of recruiting with the Midwest. He had, the, I think he said 150, if I'm not mistaken, 
it uh wisconsin was up around there around the 150 mark and he announced that was like a couple i think a couple weeks ago so he had that uh so compared to you know 250 as i was going 24 7 sports there uh and 305 for the 2019 class for minnesota there it really that stands out right i mean that i mean and obviously wisconsin i mean one thing to take into consideration too like i said there's layers to all this guys uh, and gals. And this is what the big thing is. And to me too, is, I mean, Wisconsin's recruiting class, and you mentioned this on Twitter too, Owen, right? It's going to be smaller than last year's likely. And that's due to look at the right. scholarship distribution right now for football. And, and if you go to badgerblitz.com, they got, a, they got it all laid out there. I mean, right now, if you really take a look who's on scholarship, technically there's really 10 from what it looks like. There are 10 players, 10 seniors, that'll be you know that are leaving so there's six verbal commitments right now for this class so technically if no one else left and but here's the thing too let's say there are a few of these guys one guy like anthony lottie that's not him maybe he's not the best example but aj taylor um let's say aj taylor like tears an acl and then he wants to come back for his fifth year well there that goes down to nine because he hasn't redshirted yet uh, but there's also guys like Jonathan Taylor. There are guys like Tyler Biotish, maybe even Nicole Van Lannan that may declare for the NFL draft after this year. We don't know. Obviously, uh, we're foreshadowing, and it's hard, obviously, right now. So, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, like there's there's that part too, where if you have a larger class, maybe you are able to offer a few more guys and you don't know what type of recruiting targets they're going into or what states they have to get into uh, and everything's, kind of, you know, but it is interesting to see uh, just how many scholarship offers are presented. I was it Nebraska, I think in that one from Blair Sanderson that maybe had the most or is it Texas? Uh, one of those two had uh, really just a, a it was a crazy amount of offers. And that was just, to me, that stood out a lot uh, in terms of, you know, presenting players, uh, you know, that opportunity, which is great, but it's also, you're also, how many spots do you have? And, and, you know, how I, I'm astounded that coaching staffs in the middle of trying to prepare guys for spring ball or do other things um, have time to contact these players. And I'm sure they have support staff that'll help them too. But anyways, I'm off my soapbox, soapbox on that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's certainly just quite a bit of context involved, and in, in you know, for the one to two percent of society that actually know what it's like to be a, a Division One recruit or even Division Two recruit, uh, you know, obviously they have a, a certainly a different perspective than most of us do. But uh, certainly something that is going to continue on, and, and I'm sure there's no answer like most things. There's no answer that'll make everybody happy. So um, you know, just kind of absolutely roll with the punches here as we move along. So. Uh, with that, let's take a look at real quick. Um, you know, we got a couple minutes left before you have to get going and I have to start making dinner. In your opinion, what are in you know, in your thoughts, just some of your favorite Memorial Day weekend food? I mean, you're gonna be hopefully grilling out in between your racing stuff, uh, enjoying some time there. What do you enjoy? Like in terms of let's let's break it up. Main dishes, side dishes, main dishes. What what are what are the key? What's your ideal cookout? I think brats have to be up there for sure. I mean, obviously we live in Wisconsin; that's a big deal. Um, brats, cheeseburgers, uh, corn on the cob, uh, potato salad. I think those are probably the staples, and then uh, obviously a couple uh, a couple cold ones. So I'm I'm generally pretty uh, 
I know Jake seem obviously for those that that don't or aren't familiar. I'm I'm a pretty big guy. Uh, I'm not very picky. I don't miss many meals. Um, so I'll pretty much eat whatever's available. But um, probably pretty simple tastes for me. Like I said, brats and brats burgers, corn um corn on the cob and uh, potato salad and a couple beers nice. and I'll be like a happy nice. guy. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely. I mean, yeah, brats. I like burgers too. I enjoy burgers. I think those are good. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I'm more brat guy just because burgers, I, I just, they're smaller. If you, uh, I mean, it's, it's easier just to have brats or hot dogs just because it's easier to hand out. They're cheaper. Uh, burgers are good. It just, to me, like you get the ones that are frozen and I just don't like those where, I mean, I like eating them and they're easy to make cause you just flip it on the burger and you're fine there. But it's also a pain in the butt too, where I want to make my homemade ones cause they're a little bit juicier. They, they got a little bit better flavor. You can do a little bit more with them. Uh, and go from there. So, um, but also sides, what do you got for sides? Um, you know, it's like, I, I mentioned potato salad, uh, for sure. That's an easy one. Pasta salad's good. Uh, macaroni and cheese for sure. Uh, certainly appears a bit different. Uh, when I've gone down to mobile the past few years, they've got different sides down there, collard greens, uh, you know, a lot of baked beans, stuff like that. That stuff's very good. Uh, very much enjoy that. The mac and cheese down in the South is not the same as it is up here. Um, you know, but uh, like I said, I'm pretty picky or uh, excuse me, I'm not picky, uh, pretty open to almost everything, but regular potato salad and German nice. potato salad. Nice. Yeah, are I'm more, I like the chips, I like pickles and black olives. It's a, it's a weird thing with me from the South side of Milwaukee. I have a friend that did the same thing where every, every time we have some, some people over, it's always pickles, like these those Milwaukee dill, mini dill pickles and black olives. It's anyways, um, I'm just weird. Um, by the way, real quick for the, I, I found the tweet Blair Sanderson had tweeted it out on May 2nd. Now this hasn't been updated yet. Nebraska had 409 offers for the class of 2020. And so that's, that's big. And then Minnesota actually has, according to, this is back, like I said, this is back on May 2nd. So things may have changed. Minnesota had 187 uh, from that. And then Wisconsin had 130. So that is uh, 57 more offers in Wisconsin right now. And again, their numbers may be bigger too. Anyways, uh, on that note, let's, uh, let's break it down. Cause you got to get going. Where can people find us? Uh, Let's let's talk real quick. B5Q at the Twitter handle, uh, at me at Jcoco, you at Reese Draft, and then what do we got? Instagram, Bucky's Fifth Quarter, Facebook, Bucky's Fifth Quarter. I already mentioned our Twitter account. Owen, where can they find the podcast? You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Store. Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, and anywhere else you can find uh any other platform you can find podcasts uh we've had a lot of fun doing this and i uh, hope you guys have enjoyed listening uh make sure you drop us a five-star review uh and let us know what you like about the show what you don't like about the show if someone writes something funny uh we'll read it on the show um and uh if you if you want to make fun of pj fleck that'd be a good way to do it um but yeah thank you guys for listening as always and uh like i said make sure to drop us a review and and let us know what you like and don't like so we can uh, make the show as as pleasant for you guys as possible. Absolutely, and we appreciate you guys. Guys, please re, uh, please enjoy your weekend, especially in Wisconsin. If there's nice weather, like it's supposed to be, from what it looks like after the rains tonight here on Friday. But uh, be safe, be responsible, please uh, on the roads, uh, and also with consumption of particular beverages, please, uh, and then also uh, any other type of substances as well. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. We'll have one more show coming up for before the end of May. Uh, some news on our end. 
we'll let you know about that along with hopefully other news and notes from there too. You guys have a great weekend, extended weekend. We'll catch you guys next week here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Thank you.